My Life Now is a half-hour podcast show which regularly features reviews of new releases and all-time classics of both traditionally published and self-published books. Tune in for special guest interviews and, of course, helpful tips to not only write your next book, but also to help market it. My Life Now is most often referred to as a great way for authors to get quality exposure and avid readers to discover their next read. Without further delay, here's another stimulating episode of My Life Now. Good evening and welcome back to another episode of My Life Now. I'm Michael Patterson and tonight... We have a guest, author of the upcoming book, Bordered Windows, Dead Leaves, by Michael Alexander. This book is a collection of short horror stories, and I just finished reading it yesterday. Awesome. Now, this book will be coming out next month in July, and if you're a fan of scary stories, you gotta get this one. Anyway, let's welcome Michael Alexander. Welcome, Michael. How are you doing today? Not too bad. How about you? I'm doing great. I'm really excited to have you here today. I I read your stories this week, and uh, man, it reminded me of Roald Dahl a lot. Nice. I take that as a, a great compliment. Yeah, so for the listeners, um, Michael Alexander here, he writes uh, short stories. They're published, and I don't know, would you would you call them spooky or scary? Oh, I, I don't really have a preference. I, you know... Um... I mean, yeah, I'm fine with either adjective, although in my, my little uh, bio blurb on my author page, I, I actually do use the word spooky. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. I like spooky. Let's go with spooky. <laughs> so, Michael, I know that you kind of got into the genre at a really young age, correct? Yeah, yeah, sure. So, um, I I've been... <laughs> A, a fan of of all things macabre ever since I can remember um you know and it's I have certain family members that I can point to as primarily responsible for this you know my my mother would you know when she'd go to work or or be busy I I would spend a lot of that time watching scary movies and yeah, yeah. I uh spent a lot of time with my paternal grandmother growing up and um She's no longer with us. Uh, she, she passed away quite a few years ago, but um, love her to death. And, you know, she probably could have been a little bit more Supervisory. vigilant. <laughs> vigilant. Yes. Yeah. Yes. How, how old are we talking here? Oh, gosh. Uh, you know, um, grade school, elementary, elementary age. Okay. So uh, a, a, a common routine me and my my younger brother he's two years younger than i am we would go stay at my grandmother's um over the night back in the the early 90s um what we would oftentimes do is she would go grocery shopping and um in the the grocery store they'd have a a video rental area and um she would let us Mm -hmm. choose any of the the vhs cassettes that struck our fancy and you know very very little policing so of course you know being these adolescent boys we would gravitate towards the more um i don't want to say extreme but but you know the the really um the the horror vhs they would have really interesting covers and 
Um, so yeah. long story short, I was, I, you know, there was very little, very little policing there. I would, I, I had my own room at my grandmother's house where I could go watch these movies by myself. And, um, <laughs> that's so, sweet, dude. I bet you were just loving it. I, as a kid. I was, I absolutely was. <laughs> and I, I, you know, this was where I, I really dived deep into the, the genre and, and, you know, that that's the undergirding for much of my, my present love. But at the same time, um, there were definitely moments where I was watching films that, you know, I had no business watching at my age. And, um, you know, again, I, I, I feel bad saying this cause I, I love my grandma to death. Um, but, uh, you know, there were films that what I was witnessing was pretty dang close to, to traumatizing. I remember, you know, these moments as a kid where I would, I would watch something really terrifying, something really extreme. And then I, you know, I'd, I'd say to myself, Oh, I'm done. I can't handle this. This isn't for me. I, I can't sleep, but sure enough, <laughs> I, the curiosity would get the better of me. And I, would you know, check out the next in, in the, the series. But um, yeah. See, I know that feeling like my parents were, I mean, they didn't let us watch PG 13 until we were 13, but I remember in first grade, I went over to a buddy's house and we watched child's play, man. I don't know if you remember that scene where Chucky has that hammer. Oh yeah. That is like ingrained deeply into my mind. I was freaked out and had nightmares for weeks my mom was so mad so i know i know that feeling um it's funny you mentioned child's play because i i have a a very indelible moment from my childhood and it it was after watching child's play 2 um and it was the scene Mm. where chucky is hiding under the car seat and he slashes the guy's ankle and then puts a a bag over his head (laughs) uh, yeah i remember seeing that and I was checking under the car seats for for weeks after that. No bueno, man. <laughs> so you're a young kid. You're watching these horror movies. You're freaked out like any normal human being. Um, but but there's that little bit of like, oh, I, I want to watch it again. I mean, it's it's exciting, right? You just kept watching these scary stories, right? Oh, absolutely. I, I did. Um, and, and it was, you know, th- there were moments where... I, I did suffer what I would describe as trauma. I mean, I, I, I could not sleep. I, it really did bother me. But at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm such a big fan of the genre nowadays. I absolutely like a gleeful kid when I put in a, a scary movie um, that I've seen or that I haven't seen. So I feel like I've become largely desensitized okay. to that. And it was, there was a bit of, of a painful process in getting to that point. So, you know, I, I, I'm certainly not as carefree with my own kids. <laughs> I'm sure. I, you know, I love sharing the genre with them, but, but I'm much more careful about policing what they do see. Um, I, I think, I think that I could have been a bit more gradual in developing my love of the genre, but again, um, I wouldn't take it back. Trial by fire, right? <laughs> okay, well, 
I'm, that's cool. Um, let's kind of move into to who you are. What's your professional background? Like, what do you do for a living, Michael? So I am a I'm an English teacher, a high school English teacher. It's crazy because I I can remember when I had first started out. I remember my student teaching just like it was yesterday. But I just wrapped up my ninth year teaching um, at the school that I currently teach at. I'm actually the senior member in the English department, which is so weird. But uh, yeah, I, I teach high school English. Well done. That is not an easy job. It, it has its moments. It has its difficulties. But I will say with total sincerity that I am content. Yes. Awesome. Okay. So you, you've been teaching language arts high school level for roughly 10 years. Um, but I, I was looking at your stories and it looks like, so last year and this year are when you really started writing these stories on a professional level. Yeah. Uh, so, so I've always, as far back as I can remember, um, actually, you know, going back to the scary movies, it's not just the scary movies that, that were the, the impetus for my love of the genre. Um, back in third grade. Uh, that, that's when I really hit reading hard. That's when I became an avid reader. Um, (laughs) I am bespectacled and a big reason for that is I read so much as a kid. Um, you know, I put a lot of, a lot of strain on my eyes and, um, it was totally worth it. But back in third grade, that's really when I fell in love with reading and, um, as I'm sure is the case with a very significant portion of my generation, it was the Goosebumps books oh, that yes. really got their hooks into me. And uh, so, you know, reading those books, um, those were a gateway to slightly more adult material. Um, so they're still around, but when I was a kid, it seems like there were they they were a little bit more popular. Um, and, and they've actually been around for, gosh, uh, half of a of a century um, or longer, but the Alfred Hitchcock anthologies and uh, that's not the magazine, but the, the, the horror anthology. So, you know, I was reading um, short horror fiction like that. And uh, so I've, you know, ever since I was very young, I've been fascinated with, with horror literature. And for the longest time I've, I've wanted to do that myself. So, um, yeah, the, the bulk of my writing, it has taken place in the last two years. I actually, I have my first collection. Um, it's titled Boarded Windows, Dead Leaves. It's coming out, um, tentatively, it's coming out the end of July. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a collection of nine stories. Um, it's being published by a, an indie publisher, Spooky House Press, um, there's that word again, spooky. Most of the stories in the collection, they they were written and published um, in other forums or in other markets in the last two years. But the oldest story in the book, it's back. Cool. It was written back in 2011. <laughs> um, another another story in there, it was written back in 2014. So, um, you know, it's not as though I just suddenly in the last two years decided, hey, I'm going to be a writer. Um, okay. Rather, it's, it's just something that I've, I've finally have found both the time and the mental space to, to really attack with vigor. Okay. I was just looking at the list of, 
of who you've been published by. Uh, Dark Fire Fiction, Serial Magazine, Jitter Issue, Flash Fiction Magazine, Trembling with Fear, the J.J.A. Ultra Review, Dark Dossier. Man, those are some sweet names. And the, and these are magazines, right? Um, yeah. So it's it's a it's a mix of online um, or electronic and print publications. Um, okay. You know, it's been a, a crash course in writing for markets and submitting your work and um, all of all of all that comes along with that. Not all markets are created equally. I'm I'm certainly prouder of certain publications accepting my work than others. Um, I'll, I'll give you a, a specific example. Uh, so uh, the JJ Outra Review, they published my my most recent publication outside of the collection. Um, but they published my story in the hot seat. Okay. And um, they are they are much more discerning in what they accept um, and what they reject compared to say some of the others. I, I won't, I won't mention a, a specific name there because I don't mean to disparage any of the markets, but you know, some of them are just a bit more discerning and we live in this great technological age. There are platforms and, uh, websites that writers can utilize that I make great use of, um, such as Duotrope. Duotrope is great. And, uh, the submissions grinder, and what these are, are these, uh, these are collections, online collections of markets, and they catalog uh, responses. Um, so, so members of these sites okay. um, will submit the date that they gave the market their submission and the date that the market accepted or rejected their submission. So you get a, a, a pretty um, accurate... A, a pretty accurate breakdown of just how likely a, a market or a publication is to consider your work. Wow. That's... So, and that's just a really, <laughs> that's a really roundabout way of saying um, the JJ Outro review in particular, they reject far more than they accept. So, so I, you know, I, I, that one is um, extra special to me that, that they determine my story worthy of publication. That's cool. I mean, really, getting published in general is a big deal. Well done. It is. It's a big deal. Not a lot of people do that, you know? Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Following through and, and, and writing a piece to completion and polishing it, you know, that is, that, that, that's such a significant part of the process. And um, I have definitely learned to take glee in, in that step in the process. So I read, I read these stories and I guess what age group would you say that this is directed at? I write with an adult audience in mind, but I never lose sight of the fact that I was a child when I was exposed to the genre. That's when I fell in love with it. So I do try, I try to be mindful of that and I try to avoid extremes that would be really distasteful for a younger audience. Um, in the whole collection, I, I could be wrong that there's only maybe one or two relatively mild swear words. You know, I can't think of any off the top of my head. I, I can think of at least one, and it's it's okay. uh, and it is it's pretty mild. But uh, okay, yeah, you know, and it's not just swear words. Um, you know, extreme gore, extreme violent. Now, I, I wouldn't consider myself a, a prude, and 
and I, I do allow myself freedom, artistic freedom to, you know, depict what I find interesting and what I think is going to service the story. But, um, you know, long story short, I do try to keep it within decent parameters for a younger audience as well, even though I ultimately do write with an adult audience in mind. Yeah, I mean, I, I was kind of thinking I could see eighth graders really eating this up. You know, being like, man, this is awesome from eighth grade up. I I think it would be totally fine for that age group to read it as well. Cool. Well, I want to talk about some of these, but one thing I don't want to do is is spoil your stories because the thing I loved about them was they all have a, a twist at the end, which just makes them really fun to read. You know, um, and, and well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, you know, yeah, that is a, a, a hallmark of my writing. Um, I really love the twist ending. Growing up, another huge influence, well, not just this specific program, but just horror anthology television in in general but in particular i really loved tells from the crypt growing up and tells from (laughs) the crypt is is uh very famous for um its use of of twisted twist endings so yeah i haven't thought of tales from the crypt in years man (laughs) yeah we used to watch that too we'd go over to my cousin's house and They'd always have Tales from the Crypt. And then there was that uh, Unsolved Mysteries. That was the one. Oh, man, those freaked me out. Yep, loved Unsolved Mysteries. Actually, th- that was a program that I would watch quite often with with the uh, aforementioned grandmother who uh, would let me rent anything I, I wanted. We'd watch that together <laughs> quite a bit. Nice. Well, feel free to jump in. You know, these stories include just regular people. We've got scientists in laboratories. We got werewolves, vampires, zombies, fun stuff. Is there anything I'm missing there? I do tend to rely on a lot of well-worn tropes um, in my my writing. Um, and I'm, I'm mindful of that. Um, but I'm not, you know, a, a lot of markets... They, they really strongly discourage um, utilization of, you know, the, the classic monsters like vampires and werewolves and zombies. Which I, I think you absolutely did use them in a novel way. I would not say cliche at all. Like, there's a reason that they're timeless. These monsters are fantastic, and you utilize them very well. You throw on your own twist. I mean, it's definitely got its own voice and its own personality. I, I thought it was well done. Well, I thank you. I, I very much appreciate that. Um, I'm of the ma- the same mind. I you know, there's nothing original or, or totally new under the sun, but you can use things in new ways. Um, I, I, I like to think of it as a, a chef who utilizes common ingredients, but in a unique combination. But thank you. Yes. Out of all your stories that are going to be in this book, there's it looks like there's one, two, three, four. What is it? Nine? Is there one we can maybe highlight for our listeners? Just give them kind of a taste of of maybe what they might be picking up. Uh, do you mind if we maybe touch upon two? Do it. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. The two that that come to mind for me uh, would be Chatterbox and maybe In the Hot Seat. Um, and we can start with Chatterbox, I suppose. Chatterbox holds a, a special place okay. out of all of the stories that I've that I've put together because it is the first one that was published um, and it really did spark the uh, more recent really more vigorous uh, attack on writing so I wrote this I wrote chatterbox near the well during the second semester of 2019 and I, I didn't actually write it for a publication. Um, 
It was actually, if I'm not mistaken, written as not necessarily an example for a class, but I was writing concurrently with my students. So we had a short story unit and for a fun activity, um, I had them write their own creative short stories. And I decided I was going to go ahead and write along with them. And Chatterbox is the story that that came together. You know, I, I was really very pleased with the final product. And so I, you know, I, I, I polished it numerous times. And when I was finally relatively satisfied with the end product, I submitted it to a number of publications and I was absolutely floored when it was accepted. But uh, yeah, do you have any particular questions or, or thoughts regarding that story? I do because Chatterbox is about this guy who goes to his, it's his aunt's house, right? And she's like a professor at a college and she's kind of lost yes. it, right? She's had a mental breakdown uh-huh. and it turns out um, there's this student that she has who's a, a Chatterbox, yep. right? And he just runs his mouth incessantly talking, just driving you bonkers, right? Um, yes. And so what I was wondering as I'm reading this, knowing that you're a teacher, I was like, is this, is this from one of your students? <laughs> <laughs> it was not written with a particular student in mind. That being said, it is certainly informed by uh, personal experience. And I, I, I think that most teachers, most teachers can relate to a degree, um, if not outright, but uh you, you invariably have, you know, uh, your, your students are on a spectrum of extroversion to introversion and you have your, yes. yeah, you have your social butterflies and you have your wallflowers. And, you know, I think every teacher has had a kiddo who, you know, and, and oftentimes these are some of the most enjoyable students, but occasionally, you know, they, they, they get a little carried away with dominating the discussion and that, that can be a frustrating experience. So yeah, this, this was, um, partially informed by my, my personal experience with that. But, um, I actually did have a colleague who read the story, uh, early when I was still in the process of, of revision. And, and she thought she actually proposed a particular student. And I was going to say she named someone, didn't she? <laughs> she totally did. And I, I had to disabuse her of that notion. I had to, you know, I laughed at it. I, I said, uh, yeah, I can see some similarities there, but, uh, but no, I did not write the story with that particular <laughs> student in mind. <laughs> so this chattering chatterbox, I guess, um, he dies in the story is basically haunting the aunt, the professor and kind of possessing everyone. She comes into contact, right? Exactly. And, and you know, the, the basic idea for this was, you know, I just admitted to, yes, it, it, it's, it's informed by, by personal experience, but um, the basic idea was what if you could not escape that by going home for the day? You know, what if you had to deal with that incessantly? How terrifying would that be? Okay, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give away the ending, but um, man, I love the twist on the end of that. Uh, for you guys listening to this, uh, you can just feel this tension building throughout this story, just slowly building. Um, I loved the way that you built that tension up, and then um, boom, right at the end, it just. I was, I did. I, I had a big grin on my face. In fact, my daughter, she's like, what are you chuckling about, dad? And I'm like, that makes me so happy to hear that. And, uh, you know, we can, we can touch upon that too. The, the relationship between horror and humor, because there's some definite overlap there. Um, 
but uh, yeah, I, I I'm very pleased to hear that. Yeah, we're chortling as you read <laughs> Chatterbox. <laughs> I, I was, I was, I, I really did, Michael. I'm I'm not kidding you. I I really did enjoy reading these, and I'm constantly reading thousand page fantasy dragon swords and magic books you know and it was really really nice to read just kind of a short like oh read a story you know it takes five to ten minutes and you get that dopamine hit of like oh that was really clever oh that was amusing you know and um and then to come back to it a few minutes later i i just it it's outside of my norm for reading, and I just, I loved it, man. Thank you. You're welcome. I, I appreciate and I can relate. Um, you know, I'd, I'd eventually love to write a longer form work, but, you know, I, I've learned this about myself that I, that I do somewhat lack um, a more mature attention span. And so, so uh, the shorter form is, you know, my, <laughs> I'm much more comfortable in that domain. Well, Michael, I want to get to in the hot seat and then we've got to kind of wrap it up. But I know that this is the most emblematic of your work, correct? Yeah, I I would say so. I don't know. Push comes to shove. I think in the hot seat might be my favorite of all the stories that I've put together so far. It it just came together in a a really, a a really good way. You know, a, a myriad of small reasons make it my, my personal favorite. Okay. Well, I... I really like it because, you know, the idiom in the hot seat, um, man, that's that's what I'm thinking of the whole time I'm reading it. You know, I'm like, okay, this guy's, he's in the hot seat. But again, you know, it was just like some of the others, a really clever little play on the idea of in the hot seat. I liked it, man. It's clever. <laughs> Good stuff. Before we close this off, I'm taking my kids camping tonight. We're going to go up into the hills and they... <laughs> They were telling me they want to hear ghost stories around the campfire tonight. Do you, do you have any recommendations for me? Oh, great. Oh, boy. Um, Or like even like is there a short story book that I could find uh, audible or something? You know, um, one that it, it uh, this is another huge inspiration. Um, and they actually had a movie uh, adaptation come out just last year, which I really liked. Uh, look up the audio for one of the scary tor- scary stories to tell in the dark series. Are you familiar with the series? No. Okay, scary so it, stories to scary tell stories in the dark. to tell in the dark and it's notorious because it's a collection of folk stories um and some of them are really quite scary um for a younger audience but uh it is it is a <laughs> it is a book for for uh children. Um but it's okay. a collection of folk stories and it's notorious because the illustrations are very surreal and 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 quite nightmarish but uh yeah that's a great one i would i would highly recommend seeking that one out okay i'm gonna check that out before we head out of town your your book's coming out sometime in july correct where am i going to be able to purchase that book yeah yep near the end of july you should be able to buy it pretty much anywhere online um it's so it's uh Spooky House Press, they're a, they're a new publisher. Uh, they've only put out one other book. Mine will be their second. But their first book, buy it on Amazon. You can buy it Barnes & Noble. Um, so, you know, pretty pretty much anywhere that books are sold, as far as I'm aware. Excellent. Well, I look forward to seeing it on shelves. Michael, I do. I'll be buying it. You can count on that. Thank you. Thank you. 
And I and I do again. I want to thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's it's been great. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. You bet, Michael. You have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks, man. You too. What a guy. Again, ladies and gentlemen, that was Michael Alexander, and his upcoming book is Boarded Windows, Dead Leaves, and it will be out next month. So check it out. If you love short stories, if you love horror stories, this is one you're going to want to pick up. But again, I want to thank you all so much for tuning in to my life now. We just love having you. Until next time, see ya.